Shalom, shalom, friends. Thank you so much for being here. Wonderful to uh, be learning with people around the world today in this important conversation around allyship. We are delighted to be here with our friend, Angela Huey, who is the co-founder and president of One Community and One Community Foundation and a Phoenix College alumna of 97. Founded in 2008, One Community is a coalition of socially responsible businesses and organizations moving diversity, inclusion, and equality for all Arizonans forward. One Community Foundation provides educational opportunities to ensure better understanding of non-discrimination and the importance of being LGBTQ inclusive. In 2013, Angela and the One Community team launched the Unity Pledge, a concerted effort by Arizona businesses and individuals to advance workplace equality and equal treatment in housing and public accommodations for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender, LGBTQ individuals and their allies. Over 3,500 businesses and organizations, including large Fortune 500 companies to small mom and pop businesses, and more than 20,000 Arizonans have taken the Unity Pledge, the largest equality pledge in the nation. Angela is also credited with the multicultural conversation with the candidates, Spotlight on Success, Local Heroes Awards, the Unity Summit, the Point of Pride Summit, the One Community Institute, and the State of LGBTQ Arizona Collaborative Report. Angela is also credited with leading bipartisan coalitions of business, faith, and everyday Arizonans in support of successful LGBTQ inclu inclusive ordinances in Mesa, Glendale, Scottsdale, Chandler, Phoenix, Tempe, San Sedona, and Winslow. Her leadership has also led the introduction and historic hearing of Arizona's first bipartisan bill in support of updating our state's laws to include LGBTQ individuals in employment, housing, and public accommodations. Friends, it is so easy to just sit back and kvetch. Kvetch in Yiddish means complain. It's so easy to just say, I don't like this politician. I don't like this bill. I don't like the culture. It's another thing to step up and commit your life to uh, striving and entering the struggle for justice. And Angela represents that and is an inspiration to us all. We at Early Lithetic deeply value LGBTQ uh, inclusivity and justice and rights work and um, find this to be crucial to what our theology is that all human beings are created with Salam Elohim in the image of God with infinite equality and dignity. And it's, uh, it's, it's very important to us. In addition to that, um, we were very moved by one community's st stand of allyship over the last uh, two and a half months with the Jewish community as um, the atrocious attack against Israel on October 7th by the barbaric Hamas terrorist group. And to be honest, Jews around the world and in America in particular felt a painful betrayal from many friends in the progressive camps that found rights among all people except for Jews, that could see suffering in all people except for Jews. And the one community really moved us to tears in terms of not feeling alone at a time of such isolation. So there's much more to say, but you didn't come here to hear me. So I'm going to pause and I'm going to hand it over to my colleague, Eddie, who's going to uh, lead this dialogue with our friend, Angela here. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much, Rabbi. I, I echo the amazing words. And I I was telling Angela that when I was uh, researching to, to bring in um, such powerful work that Angela has done with community, uh, one community, I was just blown away by the incredible amount of advocacy that you've done, Angela. Um, I think the entire 
uh, country should should really pay attention to the phenomenal work coming out of one community. And it's truly coming from your leadership and your phenomenal team that you have. Um, I was able to participate in a, a, a just a phenomenal panel. And I, I really emphasize this, um, that uh, one, uh, one community led on the intersections of uh, trans hate and anti-Semitism that are both rising and that are both uh, really targeting a small, minute amount of people. If you think about it, Jews make up less than 1% of the world. And we know that the trans community in the United States is also at a, such a small percentage, and yet it is blamed for hundreds of the problems. So Angela, we are so happy to, that you are a part of here. And uh, I can speak for, for our Jewish community here. It really touched our soul to see a progressive organization, a progressively queer organization, to boldly stand up against hate when we saw that, unfortunately, in other organizations, there was silence. What made you all think, um, we need to say something right now? Well, first, I want to thank uh, you, uh, Eddie and Rabbi, for just giving us the opportunity to have this discussion. Um, and, you know, uh, I think the answer really is, it's simple. It, it's, it, it is that when we're allies, we're allies regardless of how easy the the situation is. And and so uh, when the horrible terrorist attacks happened on October seventh, we felt that um, we it was important to publicly stand with our friends in the Jewish community. Um, and 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 also part of our commitment was making a statement is we think an important first step, but we need to have this open dialogue. It needs to be continual. It needs to be consistent. Um, and it needs to be in all corners uh, of our state and our nation. And which is one of the reasons that we created the, the Unity Summit panel that you were just so profound on. Uh, and thank you again for your participation. I think, um, I think it's just really easy. We're so inundated with headlines these days. It's easy to read the headline and not understand um, the history behind uh, communities and how communities have collaborated. And for our LGBTQ plus and Jewish community, we work very closely here in the great state of Arizona. Um, in particular, we're very closely with uh, JCRC of Arizona and Paul Rockaware, who was also on the panel. And I cannot thank Paul and his team enough uh, for always making sure that our LGBTQ community is out of harm's way. And there's a reality that our communities do walk together and that that the um, the 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 hate based organizations that are targeting uh, either of our communities are targeting both of our communities. Right. And I think we need to educate people on that. Uh, the fact that both of our communities are marginalized and um, unfortunately, um, uh, you know, the attempts to victimize members of our communities um, have been on the rise. Uh, and it is only by standing together uh, that we will beat back hate and, and that we will move forward um, with policies that protect all of us uh, as they should. Yeah, thank you. And and following up with this, not only were we seeing that there was a very minute um, group of folks who were proudly standing up against hate, but those groups also received a large amount of backlash for that. Um, how did y'all deal with the amount of backlash that was coming in saying like, whoa, you're an LGBT plus organization. You should not be uh, making a statement here. You actually should be on the opposite side of this. Yeah. Stay in your lane. Yeah. Um, you know, we're 15 years old and, uh, People have been telling us to stay in our lane for 15 years. And so um, there's a reality that if we're getting a, a push 
uh, from organizations that are more to the left of us and more to the right of us, that typically means we're right where we're supposed to be. Uh, One Community is a very centered organization. We welcome people uh, regardless of their political or religious viewpoints, um, uh, wherever you are on that on that spectrum, if you're more conservative or more progressive, if you believe in treating all people fairly, there's a place and a dialogue that one community wants to have with you. And so um, that's where the majority of folks are at. Um, but we it, it's hard to it's hard to know that and realize that and I think cut through the noise because ultra conservative and ultra progressive groups who I I honestly think are starting to look very similar. They're just on opposite sides of the coin. Yeah. Uh, these are, you know, 10 or 15% of, of where human beings are at on any given issue on any given day. They're just very loud, right? And so that loudness can keep people on the sidelines. And for us, it's always how do we lean in? How do we cut through the noise? And how do we, how do we have statements and opportunities for people to connect with us so they don't feel like they are isolated and alone, right? And so... Um, uh, as difficult as it is uh, to receive some of the nasty grams that we get, um, it typically means that we're right where we're supposed to be. Oof, that gave me chills. Yeah, that gave me chills. Uh, as a Jewish community, we know that we are have have been, the, you know, not the majority, but um, really that small little flickering light of justice and advocacy that continues to to illuminate in 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 a cloud of of darkness. So we we appreciate you, Angela. Can you talk to us a little bit more about what one community does and what your work is is elevated to uh, amplify advocacy, not just within little organizations, but throughout commerce and et cetera. Um, Talk to us a little bit more about your work. Sure. So we just turned 15 at the beginning of December. It's been a remarkable 15 year journey for one community. Uh, My wife and I literally uh, emptied out our 401k to launch one community uh, in December of 2008. And I think very early on realized that one community had a very large personality and wanted to go places that um, hadn't been written in the original business plan. And so we've trusted one community to kind of guide uh, our team uh, over the last decade and a half. And what we've evolved into is a member-based coalition of businesses, organizations, and everyday individuals moving diversity, inclusion, equity, and equality forward, not just in the great state of Arizona, but we're doing work nationally now as well, because we think that, um, you know, that that the we've come up with the secret sauce, right? So we launched this little pledge called the Unity Pledge in 2013, uh, because we wanted, we saw an an actionable educational opportunity uh, for businesses and everyday um, individuals to learn that the state of Arizona was not LGBTQ inclusive in its policy in employment, housing, or public accommodations. But the reality is neither is half of over half of our nation, right? Um, and through the pledge, we've built this really large bipartisan business coalition and faith coalition. Uh, and we worked with all different types of faiths, more progressive faiths and more conservative faiths. Um, anywhere you're at, if you want to, again, have a conversation about human dignity, treating people uh, with respect and kindness and having equal policy in place um, while also respecting religious freedom. Uh, we're, We're here, we're up for it, right? And so what we've done is we've built a platform uh, where honestly, we really lead from behind. We want we want uh, everyone that's involved with one community to carry the message, to carry the message to your dining room table, to the, the coffee or uncaffeinated beverage that you're having with friends and families and coworkers. Um, and, and really, um, I think, find ways to, dr- to agree on things, right? Uh, and then to move this forward. And I think um, it is 
it is our philosophy of, uh, I guess, uh, empowering everyone and giving everyone the opportunity to lead that has really helped create the movement that is now one community. Thank you so much. Wow. Just an insane amount of phenomenal work. Um, Angela, coming in with this idea of, of bringing in the conversation, what we've noticed here in Arizona is that we've had a rise of both anti-Semitism and attacks on the queer community, both legislatively and uh, in, within our community. What has been the organizational mission to be able to work with different communities to stop these types of attacks on our communities? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, it all boils down to one word, really, which is education, right? And, and again, Eddie, we have to cut through the noise, right? Because the the from a legislative standpoint, uh, and and then also from a, like a we're trying to attack and do harm within the LGBTQ plus and Jewish communities. This is a small group of of folks that we don't want to we don't want to any add any oxygen to their fire, right? We want to we want to dampen the fire uh, and put the fire out. Um, and so uh, we educate, right? Um, if a bad bill comus out, we're talking to LGBTQ uh, plus and allied members uh, throughout Arizona about what these bills are meant to do, why they're introduced and really to why they want to cause harm. And the unfortunate reality is um, hate uh, and and uh, just, mean-spiritedness uh, right now um, raises a lot of money, right? And so we have factions uh, within a political system that are very, very right of center uh, that are fundraising on the backs of LGBTQ plus folks, uh, the Jewish community, uh, this this idea of marginalization uh, and, you know, uh, that, that we're not good enough, that we're not um, we're not, we don't have the same common humanity, uh, is a fundraising ploy, right? And mm. so we have a responsibility to really stand together and work together um, to, I think, myth bust and educate people about the harm that is done when you are, um, when you are seeing attacks against any community uh, that, that are meant to really divide and conquer us, right? That, that there's strength in all of us sticking together and understanding that what we're talking about here is equal protections. We're not talking about any type of special protections. It's important that as Americans and as human beings, we have equal protections under law. And as we educate folks um, and myth bust, the reality is the majority of folks are with us, uh, but, but we need to... Um, we need to counter that loudness, right? And so we're always trying to find ways that I think um, unite folks um, in the in the common goal of uh, creating a state that celebrates, protects, uh, and respects us all equally. And we do that through economic development and sustainability. I always say, I don't care if I start with your heart or your wallet, um, treating LGBTQ plus people, treating all people in this great state fairly and equally is the right thing to do. And it's also good for the business and the sustainability of the state of Arizona, right? And so if we want a state that thrives, it's imperative that we are a state that treats everyone kindly and with the same dignity and respect, and that we have policies in place uh, so that if you're a member of the LGBTQ community, you know, your rights don't depend on the zip code that you're in. Literally, if we drive through the state of Arizona, when we look at the municipal ordinances we have, we're so incredibly proud of the of the 11 municipal ordinances uh, that protect 60% of the population in the state of Arizona. But if you look at the map, 
of Arizona, it protects less than 15% of, you know, the land that makes up this great state. And so we want to make sure that we are creating a place where no matter who you are or who you love, when you travel throughout this, this great, beautiful state, you have the same protections in place. And we can educate through the educational mechanisms that we use uh, and through the Institute and through our summits and all of those things, but also policy can be used to educate too, right? And so uh, really encouraging folks to support inclusive policy, no matter where we are in this great state is an important part of how we can create a, a really sustainable future for each and every one of us. Wow, thank you. And along those lines, since October 7th, we've really seen a, a, a rampant effort of separating people and closing off people. And I, I love that you talked about intersectionality. What is the mission um, that one community based, um, based its, its work to bring in intersectionality? Because we've seen that a lot of people are saying, well, no, this is the only lane I'm staying in. And this is the only thing that I'm going to see happen. Yeah, well, I mean, the reality, Eddie, is that we're all connect connected and every issue it, it connects uh, to all of us. So I was just in a conversation before this uh, remarkable opportunity um, with a healthcare provider and they're, they're doing work um, in healthcare work in rural Arizona. And the reality is if you live in rural Arizona and you happen to be LGBTQ, you may not feel safe coming out, right? And we're having this whole conversation about like, if you don't feel safe being authentically who you are and bringing who you are to work, but also in the town that you live in, be, you know, this person is not my roommate, they are my partner or my spouse and all of those things that 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 this negatively impacts you from a healthcare standpoint, right? And so the, the reality is, if you want a sustainable future, whether it's from an economic development standpoint, if it's from a health equity standpoint, uh, you know, it's from an attraction and retention of top talent standpoint, all of these things are connected to treating people fairly and equitably, right? And so you can't have a thriving, booming, uh, you know, uh, jobs market uh, if if young, talented workers don't want to live in the state because we're a state that continues to discriminate, right? And if so, if you, if you can't have this really awesome uh, group of talented individuals coming to work for all these businesses that are moving into the great state of Arizona, that negatively impacts our tax base, which negatively impacts the, the cert programs and services that can be provided by the state, which negatively impacts everyone that lives in this great state, right? And so it is incumbent upon us, regardless of how what your lens is right whether it's economic development it's the right thing to do right <laughs> you know that's a good one to travel and tourism tourism is like one of the the number one or two economic drivers in the in the state of Arizona but again people want to travel to a state that treats people fairly so when you're when you're introducing 12 or 13 anti-lgbtq bills even with a governor that's a remarkable ally knowing that uh, you know, Governor Hobbs will veto those bills. What you're seeing in these national headlines when you see all of these these discriminatory bills introduced, that sends a signal and it says it, the signal is if you're LGBTQ or if you have LGBTQ family members or friends, this might not be a state that you want to travel to, right? And that that's not good for the state of Arizona. We want people to robustly travel to this great state. We want folks to move to the state of Arizona, to invest and, and, and build their families in this great state. And so the reality is treating people fairly, positively or negatively impacts all of those things. And so that's the intersectionality is that we're all human beings. 
uh, and that we all deserve an opportunity to thrive in Arizona and throughout this nation, right? Um, and you can't, you can't attempt to do harm to any marginalized minority community and not have a negative impact on all the things I just mentioned. Wow. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, along along the lines of of impact, what we've um, something that really uh, I I love about your work. What we've seen is that there has been an incredible amount of damage and hurt and pain that has actually come from faith-based organizations to the queer community that you would think I would want to stay away from any faith-based organization or interfaith communities if I was the leader of a queer advocacy community. But you actually take a different approach. You actually want to bring in faith leaders. Can you talk to me a little bit of why? Well, here's the thing. If if uh, if you all if if your vantage point is that if you're not with me, then we're in an oppositional stance, right? Then I'm not going to reach the majority of people in this great state or this nation. So, from a one community standpoint, we just believe in walking alongside of people and meeting people where they're at, and organizationally meeting uh, organizations where they're at. And I'd love to tell the story of the city of Mesa, if you uh, if you will allow me to. So, we, we worked in Mesa educating. Uh, about LGBTQ inclusion, why it was the right thing to do, good for the economic development, good for tourism, all those things for seven years alongside a really remarkable mayor and Mayor John Giles. And Mayor Giles is a center-right mayor. He's also a member of the LDS church. Uh, and so, you know, in the historically, the LDS church or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints um, has, uh, you know, has come out against like marriage equality, right? Prop eight and, you know, which was 15, 16 years ago, uh, in particular in California. Uh, But there's a very large population of folks that live in Mesa that also happen to be LDS. And so our point has always been, how can we educate? How can we bring people together? And then I think at the end of the day, you find out who your friends are or, or, or who who your allies can be um, when they're given the opportunity and when you're really tested. And so in March of 2021, uh, Mayor Giles had the votes and, and uh, you know, got a, an LGBTQ inclusive ordinance passed in the city of Mesa, which was a really big deal. Again, seven years in the making, large business and faith coalitions and, and so much of his citizenry that was really educated on why being LGBTQ inclusive was the right thing to do for Mesa and also good for the future of Mesa. And unfortunately, three days after that ordinance was uh, enacted or the vote was taken, uh, there was a signature gathering campaign. And so we launched Mesa Loves Everyone to educate people about what ordinances do and what they don't do. And uh, the reality is the folks that were opposed to LGBTQ equity and equality in the state were gaining an awful lot of steam in in their signature collection. And so Mayor Giles reached out to elected officials and asked for us to be put with leadership of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And this is in the middle of COVID. Uh, And so, you know, folks were getting accustomed to Zooms and WebExes. I'll never forget this. This was a phone call, phone call of probably like 20 folks. So sight unseen. Uh, we all came together as a collective uh, and, and agreed to put out a joint statement uh, that said that everybody deserved to be treated with dignity and respect. And for the first time ever, uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, when they signed on to this letter, was supportive of, of uh, LGBTQ inclusive policy and employment housing and public accommodations. A big deal, right? And that really helped us change the directory 
uh, or the direction of, of where this oppositional uh, group was going. And we're very happy that the Mesa ordinance uh, is inclusive and has been uh, in effect for over two and a half years now and has really positively impacted the East Valley. It's just so awesome that Mesa is open and, and welcoming to everyone, including our LGBTQ plus community. And then we met leaders of the church and just said, what else can we agree on? And, you know, we've continued to become friends and break bread uh, and get to know one another better. And I think when we know folks, regardless of our polit political viewpoints uh, or um, our orientation or identity, we realize that we have so much in common. And when we can come together in just this really human way, we have the opportunity to do really, really remarkable things. And so, you know, last year, uh, here we are in 2022, and you've had the Roe decision uh, which has been overturned by our United States Supreme Court. And you have a Supreme Court justice in Clarence Thomas, who very boldly comes out and says, I think we need to take a look at the Obergefell decision, which is what brought marriage equality to the United States of America. And here we are. And because, because we don't see fairness as, um, as a progressive idea, but it is something that all Arizonans and Americans can agree on. We have really created these truly authentic, beautiful relationships with folks along the political spectrum and along the religious per, uh, perspective. It, it put us in a position to have really great conversations. And what you notice in the in the push for the Respect for Marriage Act is that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints came out in support of the civil contract that is marriage equality that that ensures and enshrines because that bill made it to President Biden's desk and it was signed and codified into law that the 1138 rights and protections that come with marriage equality can never be taken from same-sex couples that it, that our families are ensured the same safety and dignity, and we have the same policy in place as our non-LGBTQ counterparts to make sure that we live healthy, happy lives in our families. And that happens because we don't see opposition, we see opportunity. And so I don't care where you're at and where you start. If you wanna have a conversation, we want to have a conversation. And, and I believe, in, and our team absolutely puts this in motion on a daily basis, that we have to give people and organizations the space and grace, number one, to get to know us and to find that common thread of humanity and, and, and to give themselves the opportunity to evolve. If we're always in an oppositional stance and we're yelling and we're arguing and we're doing those things. I, I like to say I didn't like it when my parents yelled at me when I was a kid. They typically didn't get me to do what they wanted me to do. I wouldn't eat the broccoli because <laughs> I'm not a big fan of broccoli. You 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 give people the opportunity to come into something. And so we don't see opposition. We just see opportunity. And because of that, I think we're better people. We're better organizationally um, because we get to know um, just folks from diverse cultures and viewpoints. And that gives us a better perspective as we walk through life as well. So it's, I don't think it's that difficult. It, I mean, we we set ourselves up to have difficult conversations, to be comfortable being uncomfortable, but we're better because we choose to be that way, right? Um, if I only want to talk to people that agree with me, I mean, that's kind of a boring way to go through life. Yeah, no, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, so much. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps from from so much of what you you've just shared. Such powerful wisdom. Now, pushing you even, a little bit even uh, forward. Now, 
I always see you on the e- on the email list of um, credible threats that are happening in Arizona. And we see that um, throughout the years, there's just been threats happening all over, mainly towards the queer and Jewish communities. Why, as a Jewish advocacy organization, did y'all decide, well, we also need to step up for um, and, and and stand boldly against the rise of anti-Semitism that uh, we continue to see in, in the state of Arizona? Yeah, I mean, um, put put simply, we, we named ourselves one community, right? And so uh, what is so remarkable to me about the LGBTQ plus community is that we are members of every community, of every religious belief or non-belief, of every socioeconomic background. We are every race, color, and creed. Um, we truly are one community. And so obviously there's the intersectionality of people that are members of the LGBTQ plus community and also um, that are Jewish. But um, we walk alongside the Jewish community um, and 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 have for many years. Uh, and and our friends in the Jewish community have ensured that we are, I think, made aware of potential threats against the LGBTQ community. Uh, typically, the the we're, the the way we hear about things that are potentially harmful to our community is through our relationship with JCRC in Arizona. And so, um, allyship means that you stand with your friends. Uh, regardless of uh, how easy or difficult the circumstance you're in. So that was not a difficult decision for us to say. What was important is that we found the right tone um, to send a message where we hoped that we could create an opportunity for dialogue, uh, in particular with people that may not agree with us, right? 100%, 100%. Can you talk to me a little bit about the uh, the organizing tactic of, of meeting people where they are a little bit more and working through... Um, the process of really hearing people that may not have full agreement with you, um, because oftentimes what we're seeing now with the Jewish community is that folks are getting shut down immediately, where if you don't check all these boxes, you can't be a part of this club. Yeah, uh, I, I think for me, the reality is human beings are not binary, right? We We have... And we all have these vastly diverse lived experiences, right? And to make an assumption that because a person is LGBTQ, they are in a certain space um, uh, in their political ideology or in their religious belief system, I think is a very limiting place to be. To make an assumption because someone is not a member of the LGBTQ plus community that you and that and a person may be center right in their political belief system or have a, deeply held religious beliefs that you ca- I cannot find you an allyship. Uh, and you cannot walk alongside of me and I cannot walk alongside of you is deeply, deeply limiting. Uh, and that's, it's just not true, right? I mean, we, I think on a daily basis are just known for myth busting, but you myth bust when you care enough to invest in a human being and sit down and say, what can we agree on? Um, and, you know, you do that over a cup of coffee or a non-caffeinated beverage. And I, I just don't set up preconceived not- notions for any meeting that we have. Uh, I'm happy to meet with anyone uh, that asks for a meeting. I, I believe that, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what your title is. Right. Uh, it's always been interesting to me, like, oh, you have to have a certain title or be in a certain place professionally or you may not be worth my time. I'm like, well, maybe actually the the reverse is true, you know, but but why would you why why do we limit 
uh, ourselves and, and profile in the way that we do, right? Based on what I know about you or what I can see in LinkedIn or whatever organization or business that you're affiliated with. If I make all of these assumptions, then I've really put myself um, in harm's way because I've limited the outcome of what we can do together. But if you if you look at it the other way, then it's limitless what you can do. And then it, then it's fun and tangible change happens and the world gets better uh, because we have unlikely allyship and we walk alongside one another and that's how we all get better. 100%, 100%. Now thinking about getting better, <laughs> scary times to think about uh, better um, when we have a huge election season coming up and when we have a huge um, legislative uh, session coming up. What are some bills that are, are are really frightening that we should keep on in our mind to be able to counter a lot of what's happening um, and and really stop some really nasty anti-LGBT um, bills and this legislative season and really to think about that when we head to the polls? Yeah, uh, and it's a great question. So we expect to see kind of more of what we saw uh, in the 2023 legislative session, um, in particular, mean-spirited discriminatory bills towards our transgender community, in particular, transgender youth who are the most vulnerable members of our community, um, potential book bans, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, in, in rural towns and cities, um, it attempted like bathroom bans um, and, and the use of ordinances in ways that uh, town or municipal ordinances haven't been used in the past. Um, that's what we're really on the on the lookout for. Although I've heard the opposite could be true, um, and I, I've heard some folks say it's an election year. Everyone you know that is an elected official at our state's capital is also running for election. Uh, we have a remarkable ally in Governor Hobbs who will veto any discriminatory piece of legislation that reaches her desk. And so um, some folks are saying, you know, it's going to be a short session. People want to get out and fundraise and and run for their elected seat again. Uh, and if you know the outcome uh, already, don't introduce the bill. I find it hard to believe that that's the way it's going to go. I'd love it if that's the way it goes, uh, because then that means just less harm is done to the LGBTQ plus community and any of our marginalized minority communities because you have less uh, discriminatory legislation introduced. I, it's a, I think it's a flip of the coin. Uh, we, we shall see, but we're prepared and we'll, we'll monitor, uh, you know, whatever comes down the pipeline. Uh, and then obviously it, it is an election year and not just an election year at our state's capital, but it, it the, the presidential uh, election uh, is, <laughs> is I think going to be pretty tumultuous. Uh, Arizona is, you know, the only state in 2020 that had an audit. Um, we expect Arizona to be in play. And for us, we really want to make sure that members of our diverse minority communities are voting, uh, that young people are voting, that independents who may feel disillusioned are voting. Um, I know that some folks are, uh, that so many people are not looking forward to the rematch, uh, which is what's widely expected. I'm like, it's kind of King Kong versus Godzilla. And we we saw the first, we saw the first movie. <laughs> and, I don't know that I want to see the second one, uh, but you know what we're really encouraging people is that you, that if you that your vote is your voice, right? So we have an educational program called Your Vote Is Your Voice. We're trying to find cool ways to like gamify voter education because it's so important, and to really activate, in particular, younger people, um, our diverse minority communities, independents, which are you know if you look at 
Arizonans and who's registered to vote in the great state of Arizona, the largest uh, registration population in our great state is independence, right? And so, yeah, I'm, I've been a registered independent since I was 18. It, in the state of Arizona, it's a little harder to vote, right? In fact, independents can't vote in the presidential primary, which I have an issue with. <laughs> that I think we need to fix that when over a third of your voting populace or registered voting populace cannot participate in a presidential primary election. I think that's very problematic. So educate, educate, educate. Uh, you got to vote. Um, uh, we're going to launch a podcast called Better Together uh, because we want to bring the opportunity for people from diverse viewpoints to come together, talk, be solutions-based, talk about the things that we can uh, we can do together, but also like what's going to be on the ballot. Uh, and I think we're going to know more in the, in the next couple of months. Thank you. And Angela, just to close up, a lot of people are feeling really lost, really hurt, um, really alone in the Jewish community, um, feeling like they don't have a place what is your message to the Jewish community right now? That we're here and we stand with you. Uh, and um, I think we should not be afraid to show our vulnerability. Uh, we should reach out to our friends and our family and our coworkers and be honest in our vulnerability and let people know that we need help and we need someone to walk alongside of us uh, from an ally standpoint, the first question I always ask is how can I be helpful? And so if you're an ally of the LGBTQ community or the Jewish community, um, ask ask your friends uh, and your coworkers how you can be helpful. And then we just all need to listen. We need to listen to one another. We need to care for one another um, and just be there and walk alongside folks um, because we're not alone. We are in this together and we truly are. We're one community. We really, really are one community. Um, and, you know, I was on a health journey this year, Eddie. We've talked about that a little bit. I think um, when you have to take care of yourself and you need self-care, the important, the most important things are belief and trust um, and then letting people know what you need. And mm. so we have a responsibility to let folks know when we feel vulnerable and we're hurting uh, so that our friends and our family and our allies can be there for us. And get, whether it's a hug or just sitting uh, silently and spending time together and reflecting on some of the difficulties that may be upon us, um, it's important for folks to know that they're not alone. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much. We have a couple of questions that our, sure. our folks from Facebook have been asking us. Um, and I, I, I want to address some of those questions. And we're also getting some on our chat as well. Um, some appreciations for one community. Uh, one of these questions is, how do I uh, boldly feel um, proud to be queer and proud to uh, share my Jewish identity right now when people are telling me I should not? You should. Uh, you just should. I think um, it's, it, you know, uh, when I was younger and it was more difficult being out, my wife and I used to have this conversation when we were coming out at work uh, because, you know, there was a high likelihood one of us might lose our job if we came out. And and my point was always, if someone asked me a direct question, I was going to answer it directly. And so I was always out pretty quickly professionally. And then, of course, we launched One Community. And now my job is to be the most openly gay person in the whole state of Arizona. And I happen to be very good at my job. <laughs> but but I think it's, uh, I, I think feeling that you have to hide your identity is, uh, there's a mental health cost to it um, that can really weigh on you. 
and find find the find the safe space, find the safe friends or family members or allies, and and be out with them. Let people know who you are, both uh, your identity and and your Jewish belief, uh, and uh, and let people walk alongside of you so you know that you're not alone. Uh, and it's you don't know what doors can open for you if you if you are closeted, right? Uh, and so as difficult as it is and as scary as it may be, trusting your intuition and finding that way to find a safe space and safe friends and coworkers and, uh, you know, your synagogue and uh, one community. And, uh, you know, there's so many safe spaces. Start in a safe space, but be out um, and be who who you are authentically, because I think um, to not do so uh, can be so detrimental. Thank you so much. Another question from one of our teens who is watching. Angela, thank you so much for this amazing class. We learned so much. You are incredible. How do you keep yourself from not going crazy? <laughs> well, I'm super fortunate. Uh, you know, I uh, my my person in this life is a is Sherry Owens, who will be celebrating 30 years together. And, you know, there are times when, you know, you uh you go and let out some anxiety or anger uh, together. And so I, I'm just very fortunate that Sherry has walked alongside of me in this journey and that I'm married to my best friend in the whole entire world. But also it is difficult as it can be um, when, when we're in these tumultuous times to find hope. The reality is conversations like this should give each and every one of us hope, right? Um, you have found a way to cut through the noise, to educate, to bring people together, to give people a safe space. This is a safe space, uh, regardless of your religious beliefs or your orientation or identity, right? And yeah. uh, and and when you share that message, you are creating safety for folks uh, throughout the state, our nation, and around the world. And so uh, it, it is, I, I think you, you just never take times like this for granted and you hang on to these things and the reality is as tumultuous as it is and as much as we have on the line right now we've come a far way in our journey um, and we have more work ahead of us uh, but we have come so far and the way that you keep hope is sometimes you look back and you realize how far we've come and that helps propel you up the hill and whatever that next hurdle is phenomenal Thank you so much for your time, Angela. It has been incredible to know that we have such a positive light of inspiration that keeps the darkness at bay. And a lot of the Jewish community has felt very lonely. And to me, it feels warm to know that I have an ally in one community and not just a person that can put a sticker that says they stand with us, but a person that's willing to be public, that's willing to face backlash when it is not so fun to stand with Jewish communities, when it's very scary to feel like you're going to be canceled or shut down. It is incredibly inspiring to know that we have such a powerful ally um, in your organization and in your leadership. Thank you so much for your time. And we hope that we will continue to partner with you on anything and everything to make sure that we establish a safe community for all of us. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you for the opportunity. And uh, we, we proudly stand with you today and every day. Take care. Thank, Thank you so much, everybody. Bye.